That always puts me in a good mood, that little sound. So hello, everyone. Thank you for being here. And welcome to the Be More Within Gomu podcast show. We're thrilled you are here. As you may know, in this series, we connect you with coaches and thought leaders who make a positive difference in the lives of the people they serve. Our show is brought to you by the Ngomu app, now available in the Google Play Store, and I'm so excited to say that. Um, you can unlock your full potential and be more with access to over 60 coaches to help you with your personal development, career advancement, health and wellness, and relationship goals. It's accessible anytime, anywhere. So check it out on the Google Play Store and search for Ngomu. My name is Al Wynant. I'm your co-host for today, and with me today is my partner, my co-host, Josh Joya, uh, the CEO of the Herman Group of Companies and author of the forthcoming book, Experience Rules, How Positive Experiences Will Drive Profit into the Future. Joyce, it's always good to see you. Great to be with you again. And um, so if you hear some background noise from some of us today, we uh, we are challenged with some constructions in our neighborhoods. So if you hear some hammering or so, that is the dynamics going on in the neighborhoods here and also in one of our guest neighborhoods. So forgive us for that. Um, but in today's episode, um, Joyce, we'll see you in a little bit, okay? Um, Bye. Um, in today's episode, we are going to be speaking or I will be speaking with Mo Field and Victor Garcia and Joyce will be speaking with him about values-based leadership. Mo is an Ngomu coach whose learning community is designed for leaders who want to solve problems creatively while being true to their values. And Victor is the CEO of the Food Bank of, the, of Northwest Indiana and has presented for his Chamber of Commerce on the topics of values-based leadership as well. So as I said, Joyce will be speaking with him in just a little bit. So I'd like to welcome our first guest, our friend and coach in Gomu coach Mo Field. Um, hey Mo, good to see you this, this afternoon. Good to see you too. Nice to see you, Al. You're very welcome. So I'm going to give a nice introduction. So uh, Mo is originally from Canada. Um, she is the former master director of Stockholm City Voices. She is a globally recognized and sought after performance coach, uh, ranger, educator, workshop facilitator, creative leadership coach, vision expander, thought leader, and mentor. Currently, Mo is the artistic director of the Great Northern Union, an acclaimed ensemble, an acclaimed ensemble based in Minneapolis. Sorry for messing that up, Mo. No. Uh, in Minnesota, <laughs> she has an incredible um, leadership background, combining the creative with an insatiable desire to help people utilize their most creative selves in any endeavor. And her passion really is people. Um, so, Mo, you are joining us from Toronto this afternoon. So, good to see you. Good to see you too, Al. <laughs> my old stomping grounds for just a little bit in my past life. Nice. Um, a really good place to be. So we're talking about values-based leadership, Mo. So talk me a little bit through what that really is, um, in essence. So if you had to describe that to someone. If I had to describe values-based leadership to somebody, it would probably be um, learning to balance what you think the difference is between goals and vision and making sure that those visions, the vision of what you want to do line up, forget about goals for a second, the vision lines up with the values that you actually hold. So that means you've got to do a lot of work as a leader to find out who you really are, what you're really about, what you think you need to be as a person, what you want for the world around you, and uh, and being very honest about it. Actually, I think honesty is the most uh, important element. How, do, how does it stack up against other leadership styles? I think a lot of other leadership styles um, can be very structure and goal based. We have a goal that we want to achieve. We have uh, a quota that we need to meet. 
we have ideals that have to happen and we get very centered on those things to the exclusion of of taking care of the values and the values are the things that attract will keep employees engaged will keep volunteers engaged will will keep um supporters uh engaged on a on a support level and that really that really speaks to the middle of what that funnel would be so if you've got you know your goals and your big designs what's that middle portion that we're missing? And that's the thing that actually makes the machinery really work smoothly. So uh, let's say you're running a company, you're running a team and you've, you've had a leadership style and suddenly you're listening to our podcast today. You go, Hmm, this sounds like something I want to try out. Where do you, how do you go to your team? How do you sell this to your team? You know, how do you quantify the benefits? If you look at it, the benefits um, would be, um, do you, I think the first thing I would say is, do you want your life to become easier? Hmm. Um, engaging, engaging people's autonomous minds uh, to do things that you want done in a way that you want them done um, is really, I think it's the biggest, the biggest thing to do. And it's hard for people to want to do that when their bottom line is really dependent on functionality, when their bottom line is dependent on um on producing, you know, a result for, especially for investors or stakeholders, it's very difficult for people to say, Hey, here's a soft focus that is going to get you more productivity, but you're going to have to bear with this process while we walk through it. The biggest selling point would be, do you want happier people working for you in a way that is marching you towards the goals that you have designed for yourselves in a way that makes you not have to micromanage those people and their their activity quite so much and that usually gets people's attention i can see that if if you're in a leadership position and you're and you're thinking about this and i i loved i love this style and i hope we're we're at least attempting to do the right thing here at ngomo with our teams but you know as you're starting this you know do you as a as a person in a leadership role do you sort of first think on your own little island thing what does that really mean to me you know, to my company, or do you go, we want to do this and sit down with, with your team, with, with your group and kind of build it out from there. What's, what's, what's that process? How, how, what does that look like? Right. Well, a lot of people think that this sounds a lot like, dem like a very democratic way of approaching a business, but actually it's, it's more um, like a benevolent dictatorship. <laughs> say that I, that's a kind of a, just a funny way of putting it. But what I really do mean to say is that we attract we don't attract what we want. We attract who we are. And I think the first thing is knowing, know thyself, know thyself and be really, really clear and honest about that. And you will attract usually the people to that method that want to work and flow naturally within that. So there's not a lot of external explanation that needs to happen. Um, it's difficult say you're in a situation and a lot of people uh, are in situations like this. You've got a leadership model. You'll have one person that's like, I need more leadership. And you're saying, well, here's all this value stuff. Here's all. The, and you think that that is cultural leadership. And this other person is like, I need to be told what to do. Well, that's management. And there's a difference between leadership and management in this. You know, leaders will do the right thing. Managers want to do it the way that it's been prescribed by policy or procedure. So in order to cross out of that, you've got to have some sort of an agreement with other people 
how are we going to operate on this? Like, what is our operating platform going to be? And I think a lot of those clues come from the leader, knowing who they are, how they operate, being transparent about that, being transparent about their values and their vision, and then letting other people say, hey, I know how to work with that and start attracting people. And that sometimes means that you have to replace staff and you have to replace people and there has to be a natural attrition to things, but that's okay. But it is bumpy to go through that process. Once you're on the other side, it's pretty smooth sailing. So maybe you just addressed this, but what are some of the pain points in essence that grow out of implementing this, working with this, and, and how do you overcome those? Uh, some of the pain points. The pain points are definitely, you know, people that have resistance to to changes and to, to uh, that's not the way we've, we've always done it, you know, mm -hmm. these conversations that come up. But really, when we're talking about creating an opportunity for things to thrive, there needs to be a balance between creating a safe space for that to happen, but also challenging people in, in appropriate ways that help them realize they're standing already on a bedrock of confidence um, and driving outside their headlights. Um, some people just really want to be managed. And knowing, I think, in order to mitigate some of those pain points, finding out where some of those people that really are challenged in those areas how they need to be treated and matching them up with people that can give them some of those elements of safety that help them feel like they're somewhat buoyant as they're going through a change process is going to be pretty, pretty uh, important because there are people that are just generally very used to being managed all the time. But that is a very cumbersome thing to do when you're trying to be an agile company. So thinking about some conversations we've been having lately, you know, especially when you deal with teams that are very different generationally. Yeah. You know, is this is this something that's a friendly style, so to speak, for all generations? Or do you kind of have to look at because um, we, we know certain generations, they really work around values and different things they want to get out of life. while other generations are different. You know, mm -hmm. how do you how do you use this um, this leadership style and make it friendly? To the generation, so to speak, within a company or organization, there are some generational um, some generational concerns for sure. And I would say, <clears throat> first of all, never write off people that have great wisdom, <laughs> because they usually want to get to the point sooner. Actually, the the generation that is the hardest to actually deal with that I've experienced anyway is the the late Gen Xers, early Boomer area. Uh, if you're going to qualify people in these areas, but it's, it's usually like the, the older folks that really get it, that get wisdom of life. They might not be as technologically hip as some of the younger folks, but actually there's more in common across those generations. So mapping people together saying, hey, you've got this skill, you've got this knowledge, let's work together. That's a great way to get people like really finding out, okay, where do we meet in our values? So take people from perceived opposite ends of the spectrum. You'll find that there's actually more in common there than, than you would have perceived. And when people start seeing that that happens at the extreme levels, um, then almost all generations say, hey, look, we can just work with anybody who is the right person for what we need to complement whatever we don't have in our own skill set there's somebody out there that has that skill set and how do we get those people working together on smaller projects? And then you see that it just functions. Then you can apply some of these, these ideas of values based leadership to, to greater generations. They'll start working with one another. There's a great example of um, there was um, a senior center in, in um, 
some, I think it was maybe in the States or in Canada, it's an English speaking place anyway, an English speaking country, uh, got together with some students that were trying to learn English and they were living in Brazil. So you've got these people that are in senior centers and we know that we don't value our seniors the way that we need to value our seniors. Um, they've got a lot to give, a lot to offer. And I, and in no way, shape or form uh, is anybody on this planet disposable. So we just need to stop thinking that way. And that's an ethic that we need to adopt for ourselves. This one group got, had this idea to team up this, this group of seniors that were in, in senior centers with these young kids that wanted to learn to speak English. And they formed fast and hard friendships around common values, different cultures, different generations, different languages. And they made that work. They, 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 people will want to find where they can connect. If you give them the opportunity to connect, if you create that framework, they will, they will find it. That's a cool story. So in, in, in wrapping up, I wish we could talk about this, you know, all afternoon, but in wrapping up here, if you can give our viewers, our listeners sort of three tips for them to walk away with as they're thinking about this, what, what would those look like? People will be, people will be more likely to stay connected when they feel that they share values with the people that they're working with. It doesn't matter what job they're doing. I think people would rather know that they're feeling connected to the people that they have to work with mm. than even what their job is. People would rather, you know, be janitors that work with people that they agree with or that they have like values with rather than be, being CEOs. Um, but if you can create that community, that's really what you are trying to do so that that whole community wants to continually lift itself up. It's almost like a self-cleaning oven. You spray, you walk away, and it knows how to function within itself. The other thing is get to know yourself and get somebody that can challenge you on your ethics around things. Get somebody that can challenge you and walk you through. Get a coach here in Ingamu uh, for whatever suits you to uh, to help you walk through some of the most difficult things to face about yourself and your belief system and really uncover who you are so that you can be authentic in your interactions with other people at all levels. And the third thing is always be curious. Don't let your fear guide you. Do what you fear, watch it disappear. That's my mother used to say that to me all the time. And, um, and as far as slogans go, I'd say always remember that the mountain looks tallest from the valley but it's just a mountain. That is a very good sentiment. Mo, thank you for chatting with us this afternoon about this. And if you would like to work with Mo via the Ngomo app, it's available today in the Google Play Store. So check it out uh, for Android devices here. So check it out um, at in the Google Play Store. So thank you, Mo. I appreciate your insights here today. And thanks for sharing that with everyone. Um, so if you just joined us, you're listening to the Be More with Ngomo podcast with Mo Field and Victor Garcia about the values-based leadership. So I'm going to turn it over to my co-host, Joyce Joya, who will be speaking with Victor here in the next minute. So thanks, Mo. Thanks, and, Al. Uh, we'll, work, we'll work together soon again. You bet. Bye. Uh, thanks, Al. <laughs> Hello, Victor. Hello. <laughs> Victor Garcia is the very busy and very talented president and CEO of the Food Bank of Northwest Indiana. Victor took over the food bank in November of 2019, just in time 
to have a few months to get organized before COVID-19 hit. Uh, just before he took this job with the Food Bank of Northwest Indiana, he was vice president for strategic partnerships at the Mental Health America of Northwest Indiana organization. He has a master's in strategic management from Indiana Wesleyan and a BS in organizational leadership from the Indiana Institute of Technology. Last year, 2020, Victor's Food Bank served 9 million meals. And as you can imagine, that number was dwarfed by this year's figure. Wow, Victor, welcome. So Thank good you. to have you here. Thank you so much. I'm happy to be here. Victor, what's it like to be a CEO, the CEO of a food bank during a pandemic? You must feel like you need to have three hands and two brains, huh? Yeah, it, it's um, it's definitely interesting. And I got to tell you that um, 2020 was the most rewarding year of my career, but also the most challenging. Um, it was an opportunity to uh, not only learn more about myself, and, and I really appreciate what Mo was saying in the segment prior about really understanding your own values, um, but also being able to, to learn what my team was capable of accomplishing, um, all thrown into the mix of not having this, uh, this world of unknown, uh, not knowing what was going to change from day to day, not knowing what the rules were going to be from day to day. And then on top of that, having the governor of the state uh, sending out the National Guard to, to work alongside you. So in a world where we're not used to working with, uh, with the Army, here we are working with the Army. So it was uh, very, very fascinating, interesting, um, and rewarding. So how do your values inform your leadership style? Yeah, I think um, yeah, I want to hit on a few things, but I think the, the biggest part for value-based leadership, in my opinion, is really focusing on the relationship you have with your team. Um, so I think it all starts there is, um, yes, you need to have that clear understanding of who you are and what your values are, but also having a clear understanding of what the values are of your teammates, right? So what are those those assumptions, those beliefs, those expectations, those values? What drives your team and what are the things that are going to push them to do more and in this case, be more, right? Like finding out what it is that is going to change and push them into that next level because it's not always money. It's not always time off. It's not always, are you working in an office or outside the office? You need to find what is that sweet spot with that individual teammate. And I think that's where all of this starts from is having a personal conversation, a personal relationship with those that you're interacting with on a day-to-day -day basis. Yeah, relating to that, you believe in developing internal and external relationships. Uh, we talked about that. And I know that your food bank is doing a number of innovative events that just honestly, they blew me away. They're really brilliant because what you're doing is you're involving the community and you're raising money. And there's another piece of this, and that is how your employees have a role in those events. So will you talk about how you involve your employees in the soup? You have a soup, Super Bowl, which is all about soup. 
and a hunger hike and a slam dunk hunger. I, I mean, I, I just, <laughs> I was just really, really impressed. So talk about that a little yeah, bit. Yeah, sure. Um, so what we do is obviously, um, as many organizations, we have different departments. However, we, we bring in the department heads on a weekly basis to have a conversation so that any issues or ideas bubble up. And it's very important to me that during our team uh, leadership meetings weekly, that that is our, uh, to use a very trite expression, but that's our safe space. I, I have always told my team, this is the time for us to have conflict. And I expect conflict um, because again, I really like what Mo said about the benevolent dictatorship. Um, at the end of the day, as the CEO of the organization, I have to make the decision. Um, however, I want as much input as possible to make the best decision as possible. And the only way to do that is to have honest, open, truthful, authentic conversations about the situation at hand, the challenge at hand, or the opportunity at hand. Um, so meeting consistently with the team gives us an opportunity to find ways that we can engage our staff, engage our volunteers, engage our community partners in ways that maybe an individual in the organization or a specific department had not realized. And that's really opened up a lot of opportunities. One of uh, the things I'm very proud of with our food bank is we have launched a program called Pantry Pack, which allows us to work alongside an existing nonprofit organization that's already seeing neighbors in our community so we can eliminate transportation barriers and have a, a significant impact on a specific demographic. To give you an example, we've identified a partner uh, who works with uh, pregnant women who are on Medicaid. And so we are getting them medically advised boxes of groceries that are specific uh -huh. for pregnant women who are now, we know are food insecure if they're on Medicaid, but we're getting them a box of groceries and that is hopefully going to turn towards reducing the infant mortality rates in our community. So it's a way that food can become a solution to a generational problem. Um, and that's just one version of this. We're working with the justice system, uh, with youth uh, who are involved in the justice system doing a similar program. We're working with our Boys and Girls Clubs and our local Ys. We have a lot of great programs and partnerships, but ideas like that only come up if you're able to engage a conversation with your team and find out what are the barriers and how do we overcome them. Is there a different suggestion that you might have for other leaders who want to develop their people as you have yours? Yeah, I, I think the key here is, and I've always felt this way, is something I learned as part of uh, the Leadership Institute at Purdue Northwest is good leaders build good leaders. Um, so I think that's the key piece here. And it goes back to that relationship building, right? So really trying to find how you can help someone build up their toolbox so that they can be a better leader, because that doesn't necessarily mean that they have aspirations to lead an organization, but everybody at some point is going to have to be in a leadership position, whether that's coaching the uh, the youth soccer team or it's being involved in uh, the church choir at some point, you're going to need to have some of those leadership skills. So I think it's very important to find ways that you can interact with your team and find what are the skill sets that you can impart uh, onto one of your teammates to help them develop in their journey. Yeah, long ago, I learned uh, that delegation is a wonderful succession planning tool, isn't it? It is. It is. Yeah. And we all need it because there's only so many hours in the day. Oh. <laughs> 
Amen, brother. <laughs> what advice do you want to give to our listeners so that they, like you, can be more? So what I would um, encourage anyone listening is the, the key here is be authentic and have a meaningful opportunity to develop, to develop relationships, whether that's internal in your organization or external or with your relationships at home with your family. We don't live in a vacuum. Human beings by nature need to interact with other human beings. And so um, I, I hate to say this, but oftentimes we put on a face or a mask to uh, represent ourselves or our brand when we're going out in the community. And I think that's where values-based leadership really um, puts the emphasis on who you are as an individual, because your own passion for the work that you do is going to shine through. And if you've got that mask on, the, there's going to be cracks in that armor that show up. Uh, but if you're really believing the work that you're doing, whether it's the work you're doing uh, for a nonprofit as a volunteer, or it's the work that you do that is paying your bills and keeping the lights on, it's critical that you have an honest conviction in that effort and that you are taking that in building those relationships with those around you. You, you know what that reminds me of, something that uh, Mo said earlier, which is we attract who we are, right? And if we are authentic, we're going to be great role models for the people around us and great leaders as well. Absolutely. I, it's funny that you mentioned that. I, I actually wrote that one down. Um, so I have a, a very good friend. His name is Matt Volucas at Vias and Victor Marketing. Um, and when he introduces me to someone in a networking event, he introduces that person with, she's one of us or he's one of us and it, that's the code of yes this is someone i'm going to interact with very well right off the top of the the bat so it's it's fantastic i i definitely noticed that and it's it's very true right we we attract like-minded people um and it, it only happens again if if you're showing your true self in your day-to-day -day interactions yeah victor this has just been fantastic so thank you so much for your time uh, I'm so glad that uh, now, so let, let's let's uh, let's do the commercial. If people want to donate to the food bank, they need to visit uh, HTTPS colon slash slash. But then what's up on the screen? Food bank. dot org slash donate hyphen online. And if that doesn't work for you, just Google Food Bank of Northwest Indiana, go to their website. And at the top of their website, you'll find a little button that says donate and you can just press there. Uh, I urge you to support Victor, support the great work that his organization is doing. Victor, thank you so much. I really, really appreciate it. Uh, that you took the time and uh, and spent the time to prepare with us and came on today with us. So Absolutely. thanks again. Absolutely. Thank you so much. And for those listening, if you, you have a food bank in your community, we are part of the Feeding America Network of Food Banks. So you can look on Feeding America's website for the food bank closest to you. 
And uh, Victor, just a quick question. Do all food banks do these kinds of wonderful programs? So there's there's an old saying, if you've seen one food bank, you've seen one food bank. We are similar, <laughs> but we all do different things. So I can't say that a food bank in your neighborhood uh, is doing something similar to what we do in Lake and Porter County in Northwest Indiana. Uh, but, but we're all out here trying to make sure that we end hunger. Great. Well, thanks again for your time, Victor. Hope to hope to bring you back some other time when we're not all so pressed. I would love that. Okay. Thanks. Bye for now. And here comes Al. That was a great conversation. Thank you, Victor. Thank you, Joyce. So um, not to put you on the, on the spot, Joyce, but um, kind of wanted to see what your thoughts were, what your takeaways were from our conversation with Mo. Well, as a matter of fact, I did write a few things down. <laughs> uh, focusing on values keeps people engaged. Love that. Really love that. Um, and the biggest selling point is happier employees without having to micromanage. That's the selling point of why values-based leadership. And as I shared with Victor, we attract who we are, right? I mean, that's just a, a given. Uh, then managers operate based on policies and procedures. Leaders operate based on doing the right thing. And that reminds me of uh, managers manage things, leaders lead people. Um, and uh, that's what I have always believed. Um, Semi-finally, uh, never write off people who have great wisdom. <laughs> and being of the generation that I'm, uh, I am, <laughs> I feel they got hit home a little bit. <laughs> particularly drawn to that statement. And finally, do what you fear and watch it disappear. And that I had not heard, and that's a real great takeaway for me. So thank you, Mo. Thanks, Joyce. How about so you? I, what yeah, did you take away from my conversation with Victor? I was writing some notes here as well. Um, great conversation. So actually what Victor ended with, in, in essence, for me, that it all seems to come down and starts, you know, starts with relationships, you know, building relationships, being authentic. Um, I can see that. But, in, you know, as Mo said, and, and, and Victor talked about as well, it's important to understand your values yourself. But Victor also stressed is understanding those from your team is, you know, understand their values and understand what makes them drive. Because I think, you know, um, you will, um, you will, that values mission driven management style will work better. I think if everybody sort of has part in that, and if you understand that, um, I loved the, the conversation about sitting around the room, you know, weekly and have a little bit of conflict, have an open conversation, get it all on the table and grow together. I thought that was wonderful, something I, I cherish in a way as well. And, um, you know, to develop people, you have to be, you know, what's good leaders build. The good leaders build good leaders. I probably don't have the right right um, line here, but that stood um, stood in, stood out to me as well. And providing the tools and the resources really to develop leadership skills. So, sort of my quick takeaways from listening to Victor. So, thank you, uh, thanks for asking, and thanks for sharing that, Victor, as part of today's conversation. At the end of our show, we always recognize an individual who's made a positive difference in the world. 
Um, Al, you have a very special person that I think you'd like to recognize today. I do, and I think it's appropriate also since we started today celebrating um, Hispanic Latin uh, Heritage Month here in the United States, um, which will be going on through the middle of October. So today we're going to honor Dolores Clara Fernandez Huerta, and I hope I say that correctly. Perfect. She is an American leader, a labor leader and civil rights activist who, with Cesar Chavez, who um, co-founded the National Farms Worker Association. And I'm going to put her website up because there's a lot you can learn by reading the website there as well. Um, the, the National Farm Workers Association later merged with the Agricultural Worker Workers Organizations Committee uh, to become the United Farm Workers Organization, which we all know about. So now um, she is 91. She's still very active in the movement. So I'd like to honor her, give a shout out to her. So check out her story at DoloresHuerta.org. Great stuff there. So thank you um, for everything you've done for this world. Um, if you know someone, if you're listening, watching this, if you know someone we should highlight here at the end of the show, send us a note to news at ingomu.com. And we'll be happy to do that. And that brings us to the end of our uh, Be More Within Gomu podcast. Always goes by so incredibly fast. <laughs> it's so, blink and it's gone, right? <laughs> um, so we hope you enjoyed the show today. I'd like to thank our guests, Mo Field and Victor Garcia, for being here. And my co-host, uh, Joyce Joya, for being here as well, as always. Uh, thank you for listening. And we will see you on October 6th at 4 p.m. Eastern time for our next show. And uh, don't forget, download the Ngomu app from the Google Play Store. We are there at some point this afternoon here. So thank you for listening. Let's go make a positive difference in the world. And be more. Thank you. <laughs>